0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Born to Rain. We're glad to have you with us for this episode of Born to Read. We're reviewing a book today, a Christmas book. That's why we got the Christmas music rocking today. That's right. Our Our book today is The Dawn of Redeeming Grace, a daily Advent devotional by the one, the only, Sinclair B. Ferguson
1: the great Scotsman. So this book has been a great blessing to me and my wife during this uh, Advent season. Um, We're not yet done with it because Advent isn't done yet, but we are struggling to not read ahead because it's that good. Each day is like... Well, Sinclair Ferguson just has a way with words. He, he's such great insight into the Bible, as anybody who's ever read him knows. I know him mostly from his work, um, The Whole Christ, uh, like diving into antinomianism and all that. Um, he's really good with that, but I think I like him better on Christmas. And this book specifically focuses on the book of Matthew. Mm. Um, as far as um, pages go, it's not that long. It's like, what, 150 pages 160 pages 100, 160 pages um, 24 devotionals uh, not that how much does it cost I can't see it on the 12 bucks 12 bucks on Amazon so really affordable not that long I would I would say that on average we spend about five minutes reading it and all but the discussions that flow from that take a lot longer because it's just so interesting um, like I said the devotional tracks the book of Matthew um, he has another Advent devotional that I don't know which one that tracks, but this one, the Dawn of Redeeming Grace, is basically an Advent devotional through the Book of Matthew. Okay. The first, uh, the first day is the best day in this Advent devotional because he talks about how Matthew, that's sometimes called the Gospel of the Kingdom, is oriented towards a certain audience. So he ta- uh, he begins by talking about how. His um he likes this story about how this guy's like walking and it's all mysterious and it's it's kind of like an attention grabber like you would re- expect a C.S. Lewis or a Tolkien or something you're reading it and you're like what's what's gonna happen next? He talks about how the Book of Matthew is anything but that.
0: Mm.
1: You read the Book of Matthew, it doesn't exactly grab your attention because it's just talking about in the beginning and then it has all these generations and oh what a bore and this I don't this is boring. He's like but. The book of Matthew was written not to appeal to you, but to appeal to an audience that that would, where that would grab their attention. So he talks about how it says in the beginning. uh, And he talks about how the beginning, Genesis, is a red flag word, not a red flag word, but a, a trigger word. It doesn't trigger like anger, but it's just an attention grabber for a Jew. Genesis means creation. And so he talks about how Matthew is setting up his book like a creation account. And so to a Jew who's heard about the Genesis, the creation, and knows his Bible, that is kind of alarming. What are you talking about? A a creation. The creation already happened in Genesis. But also just intriguing. It's kind of like when we would hear like a gospel, <laughs> you hear you hear like the apocrypha books, like the gospel of Thomas. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait, I didn't know that thing existed. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Another gospel. So it grabs the attention, but Matthew's intention here is to show that, uh, that the beat, that when Jesus was born, it was a new creation. Mm. And so that pretty much characterizes the whole book, the whole Advent devotional, tracks through Matthew's account of Jesus. Um, my, my favorite part, I have to say, the first day, like I said, he talks about how this is a new creation and Matthew calls it literally the new world, Matthew 19, 28, literally the Genesia, the beginning again. Hmm. And so he, it, it had never been quite clear to me but now I, I read Matthew and I can't unsee it, that this whole book really is about the creation, a new creation, and Jesus, uh, I'm sure you know this, and I'm sure a lot of listeners know this as well, but Jesus uh, has so many parallels to Israel in the book of Matthew. Yeah. Israel was in the desert for 40 years. Jesus was in the desert for 40 days. Israel grumb- grumbled and complained. Jesus didn't grumble and complain at all. Uh Jesus came out of, uh, was called out of a desert, and it says, so that I might be fulfilled out of Egypt, I called my son. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the new creation. He is the new Israel. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's fascinating to see how intentional Matthew was with this. And he brings it down to the very personal level of Joseph, what he went through, um, everybody else. And it just, you, you can apply it to your life. I got to say, I haven't read too many Advent devotionals in my life, um, but this is by far the best one. It's not like I've read like 40 of them and I'm like, you know, sitting on a pile of them, but this well, is definitely.
0: And when we're dealing with this particular devotional, like we're, so we're coming to the end
1: of Advent, right? Mm-hmm.
0: When, when this episode is airing, um, Advent is basically over. Uh, so what? What we're doing here is we're we're throwing out some resources and and we're ending this Advent season with some with, with some themes of, um, family. Family worship in particular, um, and and looking to Christ and and the meaning of Christmas. You know, everybody wants to mm-hmm. talk about how important it is uh, to keep Christ at the center of Christmas to to keep all these things, and and we're trying to equip the, the listener with resources to um, to remember what Christmas is all about mm-hmm. um, and I, I know I know it can be daunting to look at Christmas and go okay this is all about Christ there is so much commercialism that, that's that weighs Christmas down right in America particularly there's, there's so much that weighs Christmas down um, but how do we how do we focus it back into Christ and keep Christ mm-hmm. at the center of these things um, And somebody like Sinclair Ferguson, who's a well-known teacher, a well-respected teacher, um, who has a a knack for making complicated things very simple, Mm. would uh, lay out a Christmas devotional. And what I think, you know, one of the other pieces of advice that's often given during Christmas is, Amongst all the hustle and bustle, amongst all the shopping and the Christmas parties and the, you know, the the hubbub around Christmas is to slow down. And this is the this is the time of year um, when we get to do that. And we look at uh, a, a devotional. I think it was interesting what you said is not wanting to uh, jump ahead mm-hmm. in, in this. Is like you have to fight that urge. Is like wait for tomorrow. Let right. let tomorrow come. Let there be a patience. Let this season. Uh, be savored and really chew on the things that that are being presented, in, which is in the essence given. of Advent is yep. waiting. Yep. So I think that's 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 a beautiful um, way that you described it. There is, is dealing with uh, a, a book like this that it's not a book that's designed. It's a devotional that's designed to be read slowly rather than let's just sit down and crank through this book in an hour right um, which you totally could do right mm-hmm. like you could sit down it's a book nobody's going to stop you reading <laughs> your yeah. uh, advent devotional on May 12th right like, <laughs> just i'm I'm not going to stop you if you're right. listening to this on May 12th you're listening to this episode and you're like you know what I could do I could go buy the Sinclair Ferguson book and I'm going to read it today and we're I'm going to have myself a summer Christmas party summer christmas and you're like More power to you. If you (laughs) believe Jesus
1: was born on April or May 12th, whoever, (laughs) you know, some people, well, well, that, that's a, that's a topic for another episode. Um, (laughs) Right. But, uh, the,
0: the, the interesting thing is, and I love, this is what I love about Christmas time is the intentionality with which, um, we, we, dive into studying and, and, uh, discipling our family. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this is what you're going through with your family for your family worship. I'm going through a different Advent devotional, um, but but you're pointing to this one uh, as a uh, as a useful one one that's that's caused you to uh, treasure Christ. Um, yeah. In it. Um, what it, what what let's direct this to uh, who do you recommend this for? Who who ought to read this as an Advent devotional?
1: I would recommend this to you. If you are married and have no kids, that would be good for you. But if your kids are like the age of like three to like seven or three to six, where they're they're young, they're they're talking, maybe this is something you just read with the wife because the kids will not be all that engaged. Uh, Sinclair Ferguson does get kind of deep. He brings in some Greek to it. Um, he makes uh, complex theological, uh, arguments about the virgin birth and then draws its application. It's just not something that your five-year-old is going to grasp <laughs> right away. Um, Unless
0: you've just got like a wicked smart right,
1: five-year-old. Right. Yeah. Um. But not, not, all, not everybody's like you, Tim. So <laughs> I don't have <laughs> a wicked smart five-year-old. So <laughs> not yet. Give me five years. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so I would recommend this if you have like older kids that you're wanting to do to dive deeper into, or if you're not married, um, or if you're married, um, or if you're not married at all, you should probably read this as well. Honestly, I recommend this to everybody and anybody. The reason I love it so much, and it, its emphasis on the new creation, brings me back to something I've been thinking about. Is is Advent more focused on the first Advent or the second Advent? The first coming of the second coming? Mm-hmm. I, After reading this book, I am convinced I would argue with somebody. I might be wrong, but I would argue with somebody that I think Advent should be and is uh, more focused on the first coming of Christ, not the second. Mm. Because this the first coming of Christ is everything. It's the pinnacle of history. It's the new creation. It's the time where Jesus came to reverse the curse. The second coming doesn't happen if the first coming didn't happen. Right. It, it's in the name, first, second. The second is subsequent to it. Well, and in the in
0: the first coming of Christ, you have his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Um, The atonement, the salvation of the world um, that that takes place there um, in that first advent. Um, The first advent is what gives the second advent meaning and power. Mm -hmm. And so um, the first advent is where the atonement was taken place, where the new heavens and the new earth are brought to bear mm-hmm. on on this this heavens and this earth, right? Um, and so, uh, it, it is important to um, you know. It's like what uh, Spurgeon said about uh, not having to reconcile friends when he talks about you know right. uh, free will versus predestination, and he's like, I don't have to reconcile friends. You know, <laughs> the, it, are we supposed to focus on the first advent or the second advent during Christmas time? Well, it's like, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you don't need to pit one against the other, right. though. I think, obviously, the time of Advent is the time of Christ. We're celebrating Christ's birth, right. the incarnation, and so there really is a a celebration of the miracle that is the incarnation. Like what what was com- what was accomplished in the incarnation? What was accomplished in that first coming? And then the the cherry on top is. Christ rules and reigns, and He's coming back. Hmm. Like there's there's a beauty, there's a there's a joy, there's a hope. As we talked in our earlier episode about um, being optimistic at Christmas, Right. Um, is that the the optimism is is um, is uh, ripe for the picking at right. Christmas time. Yeah, uh, and so you want to you want to feast on these things. And I I'm just looking here at the the preview of this book, um, and he says. the the introduction just says, they say time is relative and it can certainly seem that way as Christmas approaches. To a busy busy parent with presents to wrap, cards to send, meals to prepare, and spare batteries to remember to buy, time seems to fly. There's not enough of it and there is simply too much to do. But to a child, the days of December seem the longest in the whole year. They pass more slowly than the few miles of tedious journey. No wonder C.S. Lewis's description of Narnia as a land where it was always winter but never Christmas resonates with children, they do not need to go through the back of a wardrobe to feel that. All you, uh, all you do is turn a calendar to the month of December, hmm. um, and I love, I like that. Being a big Narnia fan that I am, right, um, is you know the the idea of, and Narnia, the the, the line the Witch, and the Wardrobe being an illustration of um, the. Um, the, what a world full of sin looks like, dominated by the evil one, a world in need of an, of atonement uh, looks like, uh, is that uh, Christ needs to come and bring that atonement. What does what a world full of sin that needs a Redeemer look like? Well, it's like uh, it's it's always winter, never Christmas. Hmm. There's It's always dreary, it's always cold, it's always snowy, cloudy, you never see the sun, and there's not even Christmas to look forward to. And so for C.S. Lewis to, you know, try and bring this down to a child's level and say, look, you, uh, there, there's no joy in Christmas. There's no joy in winter without Christmas yeah. um, is like uh, saying there's no, you know, uh, look, look at this world without the, the, the coming of Christ. Mm. And the turning point of Lewis's story in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is the coming of Father Christmas. We hear this rumor, Aslan is on the move. Aslan, the king, is, is coming. But the first sign of those things coming is Father Christmas. This world that was um, that was barren and, and snowy now has this twinkle of hope, and so you have this now Christ coming, and the title of this book being "The Dawn of Redeeming Grace" is Christ's coming is the dawn of this new world. We we can look forward to the beauty of His victory over sin and death in mm-hmm. His. Um, Crucifixion and his resurrection, and we celebrate that in due time in the springtime. Yeah. Um, but but the advent is that um, what is this world uh, without Christ? Well, it's like winter, but never Christmas. Right. So I think that's, um, yeah. I haven't read the book yet, but I'm going to, I just read this first paragraph of the introduction and go, well, that looks like some good that stuff. That looks right? about like what I would want to read. I'm so I'm telling you. Um, you, you've got me hooked overall as we would wrap this up, you've recommended it for anybody and everybody, though with a small caveat of uh, might be going over some small children's heads. Yeah. Um, for small children, we actually recommend a, a separate one. This is just a small, shameless plug. Um, uh, the book, He Rules the World, by my brother, uh, Ben Zorns. Uh, it's a little bit shorter. Um, there's one devotional in there. One of the days is called Christmas is for Fussers. Uh, so geared he wrote it as a small devotional uh for his own kids who are all uh younger so if you're looking for something for particularly for that will that will relate to young children um so you have to get them both you you have to get them both it's like (laughs) five bucks on amazon too so that's a that's a small plug um for my brother and the book that i'm actually going through with my wife right now um just as a, a a first year together in, in marriage and, and going through uh, a very simple um, Advent reading but uh, this one is on the list now for me for next year um, that's your recommendation
1: uh, on a scale to 10 what do you rate it 10 out of 10 for the I mean I, I don't I can't imagine a better Advent devotional it, for its purpose it makes you anticipate Christmas like nothing I've ever read but um, he explains everything with such clarity, clarity that you'll only find elsewhere, like in R.C. Sproul, hmm. or in my opinion, uh, Dr. Kaiser, like it, um, just so good. And uh, let me read you a really good, a really good quote from it. He says, As we stand in the opening pages of Matthew's gospel, God is bringing about a grand reversal. The whole story of the Old Testament has been a preparation for it. Now the new beginning has begun." What follows will tell the story of how Jesus undid the effects of Adam's fall and accomplished what Adam and we have failed to do. The result will be a new creation, what Matthew calls the new world in Matthew 19.28. Literally, the palingenesia, the new beginning again. Mm. I'm pumped. I want to read it. I'm telling you, I got goosebumps <laughs> just remembering the rest of it. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, the book is dawn of redeeming grace a daily advent devotional by sinclair ferguson find it wherever books are sold we highly recommend it yes we thank you guys for joining us for another christmas edition of born to reign this is a christmas edition of born to read that's right so we're glad to have you guys with us i'm tim i'm jeremiah we will catch you guys next time peace on earth